My first scripture reading comes from Mark chapter 1, verses 14 through 20. This is Jesus calling his disciples. Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, saying, The time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Now as he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. And we had gone a little further thence, he saw James, and James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, who also were in the ship mending their nets. And straightway he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the ship with the hired servants and went after him. The word of God for the children of God and all of God's children said amen. Now, as I was preparing for today, I think it's really amazing how these guys just all just dropped everything. They dropped their future and their, and their business. And Jesus just said, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And it makes you wonder, how'd they know who he was? Because he just came from the wilderness after being baptized in the Holy Spirit. He went up and had that battle with the devil, and the devil lost, of course. And he comes back down, and it's time for him to start his ministry. Time to pick out the 12 men who he was called to be his disciples, to spread his word to the world. Time for them to go into a training. But these guys were guys that are flawed. They wasn't in a seminary. They didn't go to, to the Pharisee school of uh, self-righteousness. They were just normal people trying to make a living. But why would they just drop everything and go after Jesus? Well, I think, you know, this is just, I'm throwing this out there, but I believe this is how they knew who he was. Were they there when he got baptized? Were they in the midst of that crowd that was standing around at Jordan River when John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world? Or were they there when they seen the heavens open up and a voice from heaven say, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased? You know, that could make you drop everything and follow him when he comes to you and says, Hey, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. So I kind of, you know, this is just my theory. I don't know, but I think it makes a lot of sense. Because we don't have those details in there. But you can put two and two together and you come up with four, right? Well, most of the time. <laughs> Depends on who you talk to. But anyways, that's amazing to me. These guys, they forgot everything. And you know, we know Peter was married. Peter had a wife, he had kids, he had a family. And all of a sudden, he just threw his job to the side. And he knew that God will take care of him. If I step out into this faith, and but they had a lot of learning to do. It was school time for these guys. They didn't know, that, you know, they know what they've been taught by the Pharisees. And you know, that's what gets me a lot. And even today in Israel, you, they talk to people on the streets and they go, well, I really don't know. You'd have to talk to my rabbi. It's like, well, folks, you need to know your word. You need to get in your word. You know, because if you don't, you can be deceived so easy. 
Someone could say, well, God said this, and God didn't say that. A Pharisee might have said it. But I see, it just blows my mind how these guys just, okay, we'll follow you. We'll follow you, Jesus. What you want, we want. And it was the beginning of a long training. Three and a half years. And, and then at the end, you know, you would think that they were full of faith. And, you know, this is the Son of God we know. But when in the garden, when they come to get Jesus, they all left. They all got scared. And, and, and whenever they crucified him, they were hiding. They were standing back hiding. They was watching, but they were hiding because they were afraid. They didn't quite get it. But they were still willing to sacrifice their comfort zone to step out in faith and follow the master. He was going to teach him a new way. He's going to teach him what real love looks like. What God is really like. Because see, up until the time of Jesus, all these different countries, different nations, they all had their idea of God. Here's what God's like. And we're going to worship this little rock over here. Or we're going to build this statue. And we're going to... And all these different kindreds of people were trying to figure out how to get to God. How do we know this God? They all knew there was something, because you don't just get all this from nothing, like they like to tell you. So Jesus came to reveal to us who God is, what God looks like, and how God's heart is. The heart of God is in Jesus. Jesus is the Messiah. And still to this day, a lot of people don't get that. But that's what Jesus has called all of us to be, fishers of men. To let people know that God is for you. He knows that we're made out of dirt. He knows that there's an enemy that's trying to crush your life and try to steal your joy and try to steal your faith. God knows that. That's why he says to put on the whole armor of God. And that's why I believe it's very, very important for us as Christians, as followers of Jesus, to know what Jesus said, to know his word, to know what it's all about and what the mission is. It's not about us being good and being works. I mean, that's all part of that falls in with it. But there's a greater mission for us as we see time passing by, the years pass by. And you, know, and you keep hearing, I hear it all the time, well, things are gonna get better, things are gonna get better, well, according to the Bible, they're not, okay? Evil men is going to wax worse and worse and worse until they finally just like the days of Noah. But see, we don't have to fear all this stuff because we got the Holy One. We got Jesus, our protector, our God, our guide. We got the Holy Spirit to guide and direct us. And why everybody else is scared about the things going on, we can rejoice knowing that God's kingdom is coming really soon. And, and I don't know how soon. I'm, I ain't putting no dates on nothing. It could be today. It could be 50 years from now. But just the way the signs are looking. You know, and there's been so many people that have been putting dates on things. And I don't think Jesus has called us to be fishers of men to predict when he's going to return. I mean, we, can, we, can, we don't want to be ignorant of the signs. But the main thing is to let people know who Jesus is and why he came. What was his motivation? What was his purpose? It was love for his creation. For, for his creation, he loves us. He loves everything. He don't love the evil that what's going on. 
but he loves his creation. And he knows that we've been duped, all of us. The whole, man, whole humankind got duped in the garden by the enemy. And a lot of people, you know, they don't believe those stories. It's like, that's kind of like fairy tale stuff. Well, no, it's not. This is the truth of God's word. And this is what Jesus was revealing to his disciples. That God had this plan all along to become flesh. To step into our realm of time. To become part of his creation. To redeem mankind out of love. Like he said, I didn't come to judge. I didn't come to condemn. I come to seek and save that which is lost. And so I think as churches, worldwide churches, that's what our mission needs to be. Not to condemn people, not to judge people and tell them what they're doing wrong, because we all do wrong. I mean, sometimes we just even a thought. Jesus pointed that out. You know, you say an eye for an eye. He says, no, I say forgive me. He said, it, and Jesus said, you can be uh, mad at your brother. And that's considered a sin. Just thinking about it. You've murdered him. And so sin is so pre prevalent for everybody, even the greatest Christians on earth. They still have that sin nature. And that's what Jesus came to just take care of. He bore it all on himself on the cross. This is our God. He was showing us how much he loved us. Just think of what you would do for your kids. How you would give them everything just to, to save them if it was in your power. You would take their place if you knew something was going to happen to them, that they were going to die and be separated from you forever. You would take that place if you could. But that's God's plan. And that's why it's so awesome that we get to be privileged to be a part of God's work in this world. To be fishers of men and women. To show that love light. When someone falls down, say, yeah, no, I've, I've fell down too. I've, I've hit that same pothole, man. I'm sorry, I'll help you up. And, you know, we'll, we'll work this out together. Instead of saying, see, I told you not to do that and beat them down. Because we've all done it. That's part of living and learning. It's part of life. And that's what Jesus is calling his disciples to do. Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. It ain't something that you're going to, you are, but I will make you fishers of men. I will teach you the right way. I will, I will show you God. And, and a lot of times they didn't quite get it, just like we don't. We got our, our carnality mind. We, things spiritually sometimes don't click for everybody all the time. And then sometimes it'll just dawn on you. And see, this, this is like something that happened to Jonah when God called him to go tell Nineveh. That if they don't change in 40 days, I'm going to come wipe them out, take care of all of them. And Nineveh's like, I ain't telling those wicked people nothing. I'm going the other way. Because, you know, those people have been warring against Israel, terrorists against Israel all the time. <coughs> and, you know, I can see where Jonah's coming from. I can, it's kind of like what we got going on over there now. Now, if Jesus, what would Jesus do in that situation? I don't think he would go in there and wipe them out. I think he would go in there and show them love. You know, but hey, who am I to judge? But 
I'm just saying, I just compare Jesus to what I see is going on. And his mission is not that. He didn't come to kill and steal and destroy. He came to give life and that more abundantly. But I also know that when an enemy comes in, you do have to stand up against the enemy, but do it in righteousness. And where does, where's the fine line in that? But you also got to realize that a lot of them people over there don't believe in Jesus. And see, they're still trying to reach God their own ways. But God has called us to be like Jesus. He's working in our lives to transform us into this, like his son Christ. That we may have the mind of Christ, the heart of Christ. And you see how Jesus treated everybody, except for the high-minded religious people that didn't think they, they thought they got it all right, they don't need God, they are gods. You know, we're righteous, we're holy. And when you start getting that attitude, you start to stink. Put off a bad odor to the world around you. And it's so bad that it turns people away from the truth. But Jesus came to show us what truth is, what real love is, what sacrificial love looks like. Now you got to look at it like this. This is God coming for you to pay for your sins. For everyone, from the time you was born, clear up until the day you step into glory. It's paid for. You were bought with a price. And his motivation is love. And I can't express that enough because that's what it's all about. But it's not our kind of love. It's the kind of love that you have for your children. I mean, that's the only kind of love I can kind of compare to it. The kind of love a parent has for their children is that I'll, be, I'll do anything for them, you know. Even if well, no matter what they're going through, I'm here for them. You know, they can come suffer with me. We'll all suffer in the same place, but as long as we're together as a family. And that's what God's doing. He's building his family. And he started 2,000 years ago when Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. After he came out of the wilderness, battling the enemy that was trying to destroy him. And see, we can't forget about that either, that there is an enemy of our souls that wants to destroy us, wants to steal our faith, wants to get, our, get us distracted from God's love and God's call. I'm going to turn to Jonah real quick. And here's what the Lord said to Jonah. And God said to Jonah, Doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, Lo, I do well to be angry, every, even unto death. This is what Jonah was telling God. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on this gourd, for thou which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow, which came up in the night and perished in the night. And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle. It's 120,000 people. And a lot of, I've heard some people say, well, it's probably kids who can't discern their left hand. No, they're people. They're normal people that don't know. They've been blinded by the enemy, and they don't know what's right or what's wrong. And we're kind of stepping back in those days now, if you think about it. You know, we're, we're forgetting what is right and what's wrong, what's holy and what's not, what's the truth and what's false. So God sends his people in there. 
his disciples to seek and save the lost. To shake them and say, hey, wake up. God is for you, not against you. He's got a plan for your life, and it's a plan of good, not to hurt you, a plan of love and peace and gentleness. On this earth, we will have tribulations. Every single one of the disciples had it. Jesus had it. Every person. Nobody's guaranteed a peachy, rosy life. It's not there. And if you've had that, praise God. But most people go through some stuff. And I know in my life, I went through a lot of stuff. But you can't let that past dictate your future. You can't let what the enemy's thrown at you and what people has done to you because you got to realize it's a spiritual warfare. It wasn't those people. It's that spirit that was controlling that person that knows that you have the Holy Spirit and they're trying to throw you off. I've had someone ask not too long ago is talking about the virgin birth. And they said, do you actually believe that? I said, yes, I do. I do believe it. In fact, I've staked my whole life on it. And, and what it is over the years, and I've seen it, they've been trying to take the miraculous out. Anything miraculous in the Bible, they want to say that could never happen because it's, it, it goes against everything. It goes against all laws of nature. Well, God made those laws. God created all, and he can do whatever he wants. He can raise a dead man that's been dead for four days. He can raise a whole generation that's been dead for thousands of years. He can say one word, and there's light. God is not bound by that. And you can see it throughout the Gospels when Jesus came to this earth to reveal God to the world and then die on a cross a brutal death for the sins of mankind. Not just for the Christians, although a lot of Christians like to think that. This is our Jesus saying we're going to hoard him to ourselves. He came for the whole world. He came for the Muslims. He came for the Buddhas. He came for the unbelievers, the atheists, to seek and save the lost. And to me, that's good news. That's the greatest news. We, we could be grateful and happy that we have a God who loves us so much that he's willing to step down in the middle of our mess and save us. There's no greater love than that. And when you think about it, I, I ask God, say, Lord, help me to have that kind of compassion on my enemies. Help me to love the ones who hate me and despise me and reject me like you did. And that's that's a struggle there. you got to have God, the Holy Spirit, to help you get to that spot in your life. Because, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm just like everybody else. My first instinct is when I get hurt or offended is to lash back out and hurt them right back. I mean, that's just human sin nature. You know, you ever heard that saying, don't get mad, get even? Well, God says, forgive. Pray for them. Because when you pray for them, the scripture says it's like heaping coals of fire on their head when you pray for your enemies. You know, what I, what I feel like that means is that it's like when you pray for them and that coals of fire is the fires of the Holy Spirit. Maybe God will get in there and change that heart. Just like he changed yours. Just like he changed mine. And give us a new vision, a new outlook 
I'm looking at the, the lost people, the lost world. And, and we wonder, how can people be like that? It's because they're lost. You see all the carnage, all the, the massive destruction that's going on, and you wonder, how can anybody think like that? What is going through their mind? They don't have the mind of Christ. They don't have God at all. Anybody goes around killing in the name of a God, their God is the devil. And even Jesus pointed that out. There's going to be times when people kill you and think they're doing God's service, but they don't know me and they don't know the Father. They never did. And that's the Scriptures. And that's part of God's Jesus training with His disciples. He had to unlearn all that fleshly stuff they had in their minds and hearts and put the kingdom in there. And they still didn't really get it until they got the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, this Holy Spirit will guide you, comforter. He will direct you, the comforter. I love the name Jesus gave me. He's the comforter. He's the one that will comfort you in all your heartaches and all your depression. When you're alone and your, your world is crushed, you can cry out to God and He's there with you. And the Holy Spirit will bring you wisdom and comfort in the midst of that. I got 10 more minutes. I had to look at my clock. <laughs> but... It's an awesome gift that God has given us. And, and when I see Jesus tell his disciples, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, and they just left everything instantly. It took me a little longer to do that. I've been hearing this message my whole life growing up, and when I was in eighth grade, it's like, Lord, I got other plans. You know, I was in this church, and I didn't feel you, I didn't see you, and... I'm done. And I did. I walked away. But God never walked away. He was always there with me. He was always there protecting me. He was always there revealing to me what love is. I've always had this heart for not being mean to people, not being rude to people. But you know, when you get mad, your, your flesh kind of takes over and, and you can say things that you don't mean. It's just out of anger. I don't know if anybody knows how that is, but I'm telling you from experience, it's part of real life. But as you grow in Jesus, and as you walk with Him, and as He teaches you, because it's a, it's a battle. My will or your will? My will, your will. Okay, how about your will today? But later on, I'm going to go back to my will. I mean, really, that's how it is in life sometimes. But we just got to keep our focus on the Good Shepherd. What would Jesus do? I remember when Susie told me that. What would Jesus do? Do what Jesus will do. Well, that's a, hard, that's a tall order. That's a tall order. But what would he do? He would love them. He would heal them. He would be compassionate and merciful. Gentle. And sometimes if you can't do that, get away from them. It's better not to say nothing than to throw some words out there that tear down. It's better just say, okay, well, I know who's speaking through you, and I'm going to leave now, and I'll pray for you. Because that's the way it is. It's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle every day. You got your Christian, Holy Spirit-filled people, people that believe in Jesus. Now, now it's not people that are perfect. Not people that got it all together. No, they believe in Jesus. And they believe this story. 
And so that's when your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I believe it's already there. God knows who's going to re-believe and who's not. But he's so merciful. He wishes none would perish. That's what his word says. He wishes none would perish. That all would come to, to know who he is. So I'm going to close with Matthew 28. After the three and a half years, after Jesus got crucified, and the disciples and everybody thought all hope's lost. They didn't realize who he was. They did, but they didn't. And then he rose from the dead. And that sealed it. Okay, this is, this is God. And Jesus told his disciples, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. There's a promise right there. He is with us even unto the end of the world. So we have that promise Jesus promised us. Go. Love people the way I love you. Treat people. Teach them to observe all things. And what did Jesus say? If you love God and you love one another, you fulfilled all the law. And that's what I always try to keep in my heart and my mind. If I love God... And that love is shed abroad in my heart. That teaches me how to love the unlovable. It teaches me how to forgive. Because you think what God has done for me in my wickedness, in my meanness, I ought to be able to, be, through His Spirit, do that for other people. No matter what rocks are thrown at me. No matter how they're beating on me. Like I said, sometimes you just got to get away. Jesus, he would, he would disappear out of the crowd. Get away, speak the truth, and then leave. And let them gnaw on that bone for a while. And a lot of people, when you speak the truth, they may get offended at first, but when they go home and think about it, they're like, you know what? They're right. I just know from my own experience. Because I have, I've got mad at somebody because they told me the truth and I didn't like it. And I go home and think about it. It's like, you know what? They were right. I do need to change. That's a bad area of my life and I'm just too stubborn to admit it. Sometimes we got to wake up and say, I'm just too stubborn to admit it. God help me. Let's pray. Holy Father, we thank you for your words of love and life, Lord. Thank you that you have promised to never give up on us no matter how far we fall down, you promised you'd pick us back up. Lord, thank you for this love that surpasses all understanding and knowledge that we don't even, can't even grasp how much you really love us. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray, Lord, for every person in this room and every person listening to this message that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit and let them feel that love flowing through their body and in their heart and their minds, Lord, where it just overflows and bubbles out to the hurting world around them. That the world may know that, yes, Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. He has come to seek and save the lost. He died and He rose again. He's paid for the sins of the whole world. Believe that. Look to Jesus and live in Jesus' holy name. Amen.